What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. What a win for the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. It's probably a top five game of the year uh, for, for the Penguins, of course. A 4-3 to three overtime win against the Minnesota Wild. I have a full game recap episode coming up for you all right after this drop. We're going to get into, you know, everything that happened. Evgeny Malkin's winner, Ricard Raquel scoring two more goals, Jason Zulker and why, you know, he just basically cursed at this point. The officiating, of course, uh, Casey DeSmith's play, and so much more coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. I am recording this right now. Um, April 1st, happy April Fool's Day, everyone, at 12.30 in the morning. Yes, I am a late night owl, as you all cannot tell. I am also drinking a wonderful Corona here to celebrate the victory. Um, anyone that listens to this podcast is underage. Uh, no drinking. Um, can't. I know. I don't want to have bad habits here. Um, but you know, just what a win for for the Penguins. It looked like at times, especially when the Wild tied it early on in the third period. You know, the Penguins were going to just wilt. You know, fall over and just you know, or on their face even. And like maybe, maybe it was going to be a five to three Minnesota win or a six to three Minnesota win, but. Credit to the Penguins. They stuck with it. They skated the Wild off the rink those final 10 minutes and only really gave up one shot attempt, or actually one shot in the three-on-three overtime. Overall, I mean, this game was nasty. Um, it, it had a lot of stuff. I and, 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 you know, I say that just because it felt like a playoff game. Um, you know, I know the Penguins have been playing playoff like hockey for the last couple of weeks now the schedule has been brutal it is going to continue to be brutal now that we are in april there's four weeks left of the regular season if you all can believe that before this team will be playing some meaningful playoff hockey assuming of course they do clinch you know we got to knock on wood here even though the magic number is down to 10 but you know these these are measuring stick games you know you're playing against teams that are not only going to make the playoffs but could go on a very deep run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I definitely think the Minnesota Wild qualify as one of those teams that could make a run. I know they're not as good as the Calgary Flames or the Colorado Avalanche. We may do a little bit of a preview uh, for that coming up here later in today's episode. But, you know, they're, they're probably, to me, the third best team in the conference. Um, and you saw that on display tonight with how fast they are. Kaprizov is a one-man wrecking crew. Zuccarello's great. Ryan Hartman has turned into a top-six player with the Wild, even when he was a third or fourth liner in Philadelphia and Nashville for all those years. Defensively, they're solid. Cam Talbot is a nice 1B goalie behind Marc-Andre Fleury and has had a, you know, a pretty decent season for Minnesota. And, you know, Dina Vason is, is a really good coach. So, you know, it's not hard to see why this Minnesota team can definitely win a round or two. You know, can they beat Colorado or Calgary? Probably not. But, you know, this is a team that, you know, that, that again, like they, they can do some damage. And, you know, you saw, there was, that was on display tonight with the Penguins just really struggling with the zone exits. I think that was one of the main things that jumped out to me 
um, just, you know, with one of my th- uh, thoughts, obviously, while I was watching, um, the Penguins were fighting it uh, to get out of their own zone. Usually, um, they're a team, they excel at zone exits, um, especially, you know, with, like, with Madison in the lineup. John Marino is actually pretty good at exiting in the zone. They both were having trouble, I thought, in that department tonight. Heck, even Chris Letang at times was having trouble with some zone exits. And, you know, that was leading to, to Minnesota getting some really quality scoring chances and, you know, some some sustained zone time, if I may add. You know, Minnesota had uh, more high-danger chances than the Penguins in this game. It was only 7-6. to six. But, you know, just eye test-wise, you know, it definitely backed that up just because, you know, they were in the zone for a lot of this game. You know, up until, you know, I would say um, the last 10 minutes of the third where I thought the Penguins really took it to Minnesota. So I think that's one area where the Penguins, they're going to have to clean up their play going into Saturday, especially at, in Denver against an Avalanche team that – um, they will make you pay worse than what Minnesota did tonight. Um, that's for sure. They have, um, they're they're even deeper um, than Minnesota, and you know that that says a lot. Just because the Wild can run four lines at you, um, <clears throat> and, and honestly, there's not really team many teams I don't think that can stack up to the Penguins uh, for depth wise. Well, Minnesota can, and I know Colorado can. Again, I'm going to get to Colorado a little later on um, in the show, but. No, another thought that I had, I also really love the Penguins' resiliency um, tonight. You know, they go up one nothing. Um, nice goal from Ricard. Raquel John Marino gets the primary assist on that really nice shot on net. Um, Minnesota ties it up just a few minutes later. The Penguins go up 3-1. to one, um, But then in the second period, Freddie Goudreau, Goudreau, excuse me, old friend, makes it 3-2. to two. That Minnesota then ties it 3-3. Three, three. And again, you know, I just said a couple minutes ago, it looked like the Penguins are going to wilt just because, you know, that, that's, that's happened in the past with this team. But, no, you know, they, they, they stuck to the game plan. And, you know, the Wild, they're, they're lucky they even got a point out of that game because the Penguins had some really good chances in that latter half of the third period. I really liked the Penguins' response each time um, they gave up a goal tonight. So um, I'm going to be curious to see if that can continue here down the stretch. But I was really impressed by that. And overall, I mean, Ricard Raquel, um, speaking of him with his two goals, he continues to really – impressed me as well you know he he goes to the net a lot more than i thought he would almost like a mini patrick hornquist um in a way you know, there was one chance that you know it didn't go in but of getting malkins doing his thing um with the puck you know kind of almost doing like a spinorama around the ice here and ricard ricard Raquel obviously just parks his a- parks his ass excuse me in front of the net and you know cam talbot's lucky he made that save you know he went off his pad he didn't even see it um if Malkin got, I think, a little bit more wood on that, you know, the Penguins probably win that game um, in regulation. But, you know, two nice goals tonight. Obviously, the first one was a deflection. Sidney Crosby gets a, uh, the primary assist on his second one. Sid is now up to 1,396 points, just two away from tying Alex Ovechkin um, for, I believe it's 21st all-time in the scoring race, and he's also four-way. Uh, well, 21st in all-time in NHL history, four-way from 1,400 career points but you know again speaking of Raquel um just another strong game from that's now three goals for Raquel since coming over from the Ducks um you know this this trade continues to look like uh, a slam dunk for the Penguins to say the least um he was he was one of their best players on the ring tonight that's for sure um you know obviously it really really sucks what happened with Jason Zucker um I feel gutted. You know, I put this on my social media for those that follow me, you know, that listen to this podcast. And if you don't, um, I'll just say it here too. I just, you you can't help but feel bad for someone like that. 
He works his tail off to come back. He's missed 30-plus games. It looks like he's going to make a difference here down the stretch. Hell, he has his first shift of the game, gets a secondary assist on it. I know John Marino got the primary, but you know he, he's forechecking hard in a couple other shifts. I can see why Mike Sullivan loves putting him on the Evgeny Malkin line. And then, boom, he gets knocked out of the game because of a really dangerous and garbage hit from Kevin Fiala. There is no need for that in any NHL game. I hate those cross checks to the back, especially when the other player is, he has, you know, his, his head is looking at the boards. There, there's no need for it. I mean, it's, it's a dirty play. You know, Michael Russo of the athletic, he's one of my favorite writers covers Minnesota wild. He even said, um, apparently Kevin Fiala knew he was dirty right after the play. Cause he went over to check on him. And, and, you know, Russo also said himself that he thought it was a dirty play um, as well. And I also saw some Minnesota Wild fans on social media um, saying that, you know, it was not a good play. So, you know, at least, you know, they know what they're talking about when it comes to this stuff. It's just, you know, I, I hate plays like that. I don't care what team it is. There's no need for you to cross-check a player when, you know, his back is turned towards you and he's looking at the boards. Um, the puck wasn't even on him at that point. Even worse, there was no penalty on the play. I have no idea why the officials did not call a penalty there. It just goes to show how badly this game was officiated. I'm going to get to that a little later on in the show. But, you know, I will say it looks like there's a small update by the time you all are listening to this on on Monday morning. So Evgeny Malkin gave him their little warrior helmet that they do after the game. And Zucker was still there um, wearing a suit. Um, did not look like to have crutches, did not look like he was limping. I don't know if he was wearing a walking boot. We couldn't see that on video, but that's still really positive news. It looks like he didn't break his leg. That was one of my fears. Hopefully it's not an ACL. Um, that's for sure. Um, hopefully it's not long-term. If it's you know maybe week to week, that's okay. Hell, even day-to-day would be great at this point. Um, you know, I think um, someone actually messaged Jason Zucker on Instagram and he even said, yeah, thanks for checking in, man. I am okay. So it looks like, you know, for right now, it's a positive update. We're going to learn more when Mike Sullivan talks to the media, either sometime on Friday if the team does practice or um, on Sunday before the game against the Avalanche. Because obviously, you know, we don't know if he's going to play or not right now. I'd probably lean towards no. Um, but I really hope this is not a season ender or anything like that for him because even in, in the few shifts that we saw from Jason on Thursday night, you could see just you know how much he does mean to the team. And you know, just I, I know how hard he worked to come back from that sports earning injury. So um hopefully it's nothing too serious. And I, I obviously I, I wish the best for Jason as you know he hopefully comes back from another um injury here. But uh, coming up in the next segment, we're going to get to a couple other points from tonight, including the officiating and Evgeny Malkin's performance, Casey, Casey DeSmith's performance, and a whole lot more. Before I get to that, though, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bill Bart. Almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bill Bart's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They are marshmallow They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamon, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They are all, <clears throat> whoa, excuse me. They are all so good. You can go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You will be blown away. High protein, low calorie, of course, high fiber, and low carb. 
Most of them contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of nut carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You know, it's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned, so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table on the snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy. You can also get, you know, farm fresh seasonal produce and easy to make recipes delivered right to your door every week. Um, I said this last week, me and my girlfriend, we, we've really enjoyed getting HelloFresh uh, for multiple weeks. You know, the portions are, you know, decently sized. And again, the food is really, really good. You, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash locked on 16 and use code locked on 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Um, I, again, I can't say enough. It saves us so much time during the week. We don't have to go to the grocery store and spend 30 to 40 minutes there figuring out what we want to make for dinner, blah, 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 blah. We just you know pick our meals out online, pay for it, and then they're here on either Tuesday or Wednesday. So again, for that code, hellofresh.com slash locked on 16 for 16 free meals and three free gifts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, um, Evgeny Malkin's winner. Um, this this was funny. I don't think I did a reverse jinx on this one for those who follow me on social media. So, Gino, I, I personally didn't think he was playing well. I thought he was fighting the puck all game long. Um, his passes I didn't think were crisp. Let me take a sip of my beer here. Sorry about that. Um, I, 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 I've always thought about now that I have to have a bet, some kind of beverage as I'm recording because my voice just starts to get tired as I talk for 25 to 30 straight minutes. Anyways, back to my original point. So, I, again, I thought his passes were not that crisp. Um, you know, defensively, he got worked by Ryan Hartman in front of uh, behind the net. That was um, a Kaprizov's tying goal a little over a minute into the third period. Um, just it wasn't look like he was all the way there. You know, was making weird decisions with the puck as well. But you know that he put that all to rest when he had that amazing overtime winner. Um, that is his 78th career game-winning goal in a Penguins uniform that ties Yarmir Yager for the most in franchise history. One more, he will have the all-time record. Um, it, it'll be his, it'll be him and uh, Sid. Um, that are one and two in that record by the time their careers are done um, in Pittsburgh. And, you know, that was just an, an awesome um, play there after a great sequence in the Minnesota zone. You know, the Penguins were playing that three-on-three overtime um, a little conservative, but also really well defensively. And they were getting some great zone time, um, you know, in, in Minnesota's defensive zone. It was honestly, it was all started because of, for some reason, Dean of Asin decided to ice Dmitry Kulikov. And um, for those that don't know, you know, don't follow the wild that much. Um, you know, Dmitry Kulikov is not a good player. And don't trust me, I'm not a Minnesota wild expert. Go follow Seth Topol. 
you know, he's the wild expert for Locked On Wild. But I feel like I know enough about the sport to know that Dmitry Kulikov is not good. He's never had to go in underlying numbers. Um, he basically he basically just he makes a hit and, and that's it. He's, he's not good defensively or offensively. And you know, the wild have the penguins gassed in their own zone. It's Sid, uh, Jake, and it's Tanger. And he throws out Kulikov out there and he basically almost shoots the puck back into the defensive zone that allows the Penguins to make a change. And then the Penguins are back into the Minnesota offensive zone. Brian Russ puts the puck to the net. Evgeny Malkin's right there, goes behind the net first, comes back, stuffs a couple times, doesn't work. The third time eventually does. And the Penguins um, walk away with the win. That is Geno's 17th goal um, already this season, three now um, until 20. Um, but, you know, it's just, you know, Malkin not tr- not being denied and, again, putting, you know, away, I-, I guess, a more rough performance from me speaking. I know some other people are going to disagree with me on that. That's totally fine. You know, that's that's what I'm here for. That's what we're all here for. You know, I'm not, you don't have to, you know, listen to this podcast and agree with everything I, I say. I, trust me, you know, I, I disagree with plenty of people I love um, talking about this sport with. Um, so if you thought Gino had a good game, that, that's totally fine. And, and I'm sure, you know, your eye test is, you know, maybe even better than mine. You know, that's what mine was telling me. I, I then looked at hockey stats cards and, you know, Gino had one of the best game scores on the Penguins. So um, I guess my eye test was not lining up to the underlying numbers tonight. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, just a nice winner there. It looked like it was going to go to a shootout for a while there. I did not want to see Casey DeSmith curl up into a ball um, in that situation. So I'm really glad Gino was able to get the win. Um and, you know, just a, just a really heads-up play, I thought, uh, from Brian Rust in that situation. Um, Jake Gensel, he also got another goal tonight, his 32nd goal. Um, I love how Jake – I've said this a lot on the podcast before, for those that are um, new here. I love how he's able to slide down towards the front of the net. And th- this is the perk of, you know, the Penguins playing a Western Conference team that hasn't really seen them in a while. And, you know, the Wild, they, they, don't, they don't game plan for Jake as well as some of these Eastern Conference games. Eastern Conference teams do, excuse me, like the New York Rangers, Washington Capitals, like, like all those other teams, you know, just because they don't see him very often. But Jake, you know, on that sequence on the power play, Latang shoots it, juicy rebound from Cam Talbot, and Jake is able to put his stick right around, I believe it was Matt Dumba, puts it into the wide open um, cage. You know, it didn't even look like he saw Jake coming down, and that just – that goes to show how sneaky Gensel is um, at so many times during games. You know, once he does that, you know, it, you're, you're toast. So, you know, it's another example of Jake continuing to, you know, just add to his repertoire um, a little bit. He's one of the best goal scorers in hockey. Um, you don't score 32 goals by accident, um, to say the least. So really nice goal from Jake there. And also, you know, uh, Casey DeSmith, I was surprised that he got the start tonight. Um, I will say that. Sorry about that. Um, I, I said on the preview episode with Seth Tobel, I thought it would be Tristan Jari. Obviously, I was wrong. Um, I'm sure Jari will get both games against Colorado, especially because of how good Colorado is. Um, but, you know, I think maybe Mike Sullivan's starting to see that he's gassed a little bit his play. I mean, it, it has dipped a little bit. You know, I will say that. You know, he's played a lot of hockey this year. Um, and overall, I liked Smith's game tonight. Um, he, he's been playing much better um, this this last month or two, he's actually found his game again, which is huge. Had some really nice saves in this one. I really can't fault him for any of the three goals. Um, there was really nothing he could do 
um, in those situations, to say the least. So um, really nice start from it. And this was against, again, like one, one of the best teams in hockey. So um, I, I'm definitely um, really excited for DeSmith, and I, I can't wait to see what other game he starts here moving forward. And, and again, you know, I understand that the fan base is a bit down on him. I, I, I understand that he did not have a good start to the year. You know, he has improved his save percentage almost up to league average, which is you know, funny because, I mean, it was well below 900 at the first half of the season. But, you know, he's he's been much better lately, and I, I'm really happy about that, to say at least. One more thought. Before we get to the commercial break, and we'll do maybe a little preview for Saturday's matinee against Colorado Avalanche. Um, the officiating tonight was absolute dog crap. Um, you know, again, I, I try my best not to really cuss a lot on this show. You know, it's just that's a no-no for me. I I cuss enough in real life that you know my girlfriend and all my family have to deal with it. Um, so I have to make this very at least family friendly. That said, um, the officiating could not have been worse tonight, um, and that goes both ways. Um, they're calling everything at the start, little hooks, you know, little holds, all this other little stuff that you see them call at the beginning of the season, but yet you don't really see them call it right now, especially in the playoffs with those are about four to five weeks away. But you have the Kevin Fiala situation that a dirty cross check to the back of Jason Zucker seriously injures him. That's not called. Jake Gensel gets a breakaway. With less than five minutes left in the third period, he is obviously hacked on the way there. And you're not going to call even a penalty, let alone a penalty shot, because, oh, I guess you're done calling penalties and you just want to swallow your whistles for the end of the game. Where is the consistency with NHL officiating? It is insane to me that the officials can be this bad on an every night basis. This is why I will always laugh at people that say, oh, wow, the, the Penguins get all the calls. And, you know, it, 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 the Peng- it's biased for the Penguins. You know, that, that team always gets what they want. And, you know, even for other teams, I see this too. Well, you know, they, they have the golden boy and all this blah, 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 blah. It's just like, no, I mean, this is, this is the standard for officiating. It is bad for every single team every night. And it gets worse and worse as each season passes. You know, I'm not, and I'm not going to be one of these national media people that you know kind of just shills for the officiating or for the league or whatever. Um, but you know, it's it's really a disgrace how far how how excuse me, it's a disgrace. You know how officiating has fallen in this sport. I would say of the four major sports in this country, um, NHL officiating is by far the worst. It's it's disgusting how awful it is and. You know, this was this was probably one of the three worst officiated Penguins games I've seen this year. Um, and again, you know, it, it it went both ways. There was a, a couple obvious penalties that um, they missed on the Penguins, I think, and there was one with about uh, six seven minutes left. City Crosby had a blatant cross check on one of Minnesota player. That's not called. A couple high sticks were not called that the Penguins definitely committed. Um, it, there was just no consistency at all. And again, I, I wish I was surprised at this point. But I'm not. I mean, this this is the NHL. This is what they want. And it's a shame that these officials are not made available to the media after the game. They should have to answer for, you know, the games they just called. I feel like if that were the case, you know, maybe we would get, you know, more clarity on what they were seeing versus what they were not seeing and all this stuff. But um, it was just a joke, um, to say the least. And also, you know, Minnesota, um, they play a little dirty. Um, there were there were multiple instances tonight where I was like, okay, yeah, some of these hits are 
they're, they're not clean. I mean, Nick Delorier has thrown himself around like an absolute fool. Obviously, the Kevin Fiala situation. I think um, it, it was Dumba on Balkan. He was a little shaken up there for a bit. Um, you know, Minnesota was really laying the body on Pittsburgh. And um, I, again, I haven't watched a lot of wild games this year, um, but I have, you know, spoken with a couple of people, you know, that, you know, that have, you know, obviously fans, not people in the Penguins organization here, um, that have said, you know, this has kind of been the norm for them at times. So I'll have to watch um, a little more of that if I can, you know, watch the wild um, down the stretch here. But I just, I did not like some of the hits they were throwing around, to say the least. Um, that was just, it didn't sit well with me um, overall. But coming up in the final segment for this podcast, we are going to get into, you know, a small preview for the game against Colorado on Saturday. If we finally get to play the Avalanche, my Mitch, my Mr's team. I absolutely love watching the Avalanche play. But before we get to that, after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the final four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info for all the latest odds, contests, and player props. You name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that is been online where the game starts. Now, as pro- as promised, here are some selections from our Mattress Factory Museum Twitter prompts that we ran, remember, about a week or two ago, and an official response from the museum. You, you all are not going to want to miss this. Trust me. So when prompted with the sports art art poll that we had, um, Sam Alves said art for sure and linked a video of Ron Hainsey converting the goal in 2017 against Nash. Remember, he split the two Predators players. One of them was James Neal. Um, that was the goal that made it 5-0. The Penguins go up 3-2 in the Stanley Cup final. Um, Mattress Factory did reply and said 100% art. Any team, Anytime a team wants to play aggressive, they have to consider that the Penguins' back line are just as dangerous shooters as the offense. Now, all of this comes from Mattress Factory, Pittsburgh's premier site-specific contemporary art installations museum. That's just a fancy way to actually say, you know, immersive art, to say the least. Now, you can visit mattress.org slash gopens to get a free one-year membership to Mattress Factory when you buy tickets for the Penguins' game on April 21st against the Boston Bruins. This is the only time the Penguins will be playing the Bruins this year, uh, this season in Pittsburgh. I believe they have one more game um, in Boston. Again, they have obviously the home game in Pittsburgh. So remember, you can go to mattress.org slash gopens to get a free one-year membership to Mattress Factory when you buy tickets for the Penguins hosting the Bruins on April 21st. All right, we're back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So a massive game coming up on Saturday, 3 p.m. start time for the Penguins and the Avalanche. Um, this will be the first of two meetings against Colorado this year. The Penguins actually have a home and home against them. They'll play uh, Colorado at PBG Paints Arena. Um, on Tuesday night. Um, this game on Saturday, for those that are unaware, this is a nationally televised game um, on ABC and ESPN+. Plus, so it will not be televised low, uh, regionally um, in the Pittsburgh area. But, you know, Colorado, I mean, they're a machine this year. Um, you know, Nathan McKinnon, he was back tonight. The Avs were able to win. Uh, Miko Ranson's been incredible. Um, Nazem Kadri is having a career year. He's actually playing clean for once in his life, and he is setting himself up to get a lot of money at um, 
at the start of free agency. That's for sure. He actually leads the avalanche in points this year, which is something I never thought I would say, to say the least. Um, Andre Burakovsky, you know, Nachuskin's been one, a very underrated player for them. Um, Kale McCarr defensively with Devon Taves is probably the best top pair in hockey. Um, Kale McCarr is the closest thing we'll get to in it, a prime Eric Carlson. He is a one-man wrecking crew with the puck. I don't care if it's on defense. I don't care if it's on offense. He will make you look silly anytime he has it. Um, he's going to win a lot of Norris's, to say the least. It is. He is a treat to watch. I highly encourage everyone when you are watching this game that you know when you, if you listen to this podcast and you watch the game on Saturday, keep your eye on Camel Carr because he is absolutely breathtaking. Um, I just I feel like a, I feel like you know a little teenager kind of you know when I was watching a prime Eric Carlson just absolutely own players left and right. Um, yes, Jack Johnson is on the Avalanche, and yes, he will be in the starting lineup. So hopefully the Penguins can take advantage of that. Um, you know, JT Comfort on the third line, Alex Newhook, Andrew Cogliano, Darren Helm is somehow still in the league. They are still missing um, Gabriel Landisog, obviously their captain. So um, that's a big loss. And I don't think, if I recall correctly, I don't think, yeah, Sam Gerrard is also not playing um, right now either. I don't think he's expected to be back for the game on Saturday. Um, you know, this is a banged up Colorado team, but this is also a team that, you know, the Penguins cannot take lightly. Um, underlying numbers wise, um, they have 53% of the expected goals this year, 57% of the actual goals, plus 39 goal differential. They're on the ice for 53% of the, 53% of the shot attempts um, at even strength. That's another very good number. Defensively, their goals against per 60 is 2.13. Goals for per 60 is 2.85. Um, so you know, they, they score quite a lot, and they also don't give up a lot the other way. Darcy Kemper has been one of the best goaltenders in hockey this year. 21 goals saved above expected. That's fourth in the NHL per money buck. Has a 924 save percentage, um, 2.37 goals against average. You know, he was a player that, you know, I was kind of looking at for the Penguins to go after. You know, if they didn't want to bring Tristan Jari back. But then I saw the price that they had to give up for him. I'm pretty sure it was um, a first rounder and um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up right now. Um, Darcy Kemper. It's one of their defensemen um, that they had to give away. Uh, is it Con- Connor? Yeah, Connor Timmins, um, who's pr- pretty decent uh, to say the least. You know, he was going to be in their top six on this year. That's a price that the Penguins were not going to pay. That's for sure. I'm glad they didn't because obviously Tristan Jari has been incredible. But um, this is a potential Stanley Cup uh, final preview. I'm excited to watch it. You know, the Avalanche are very well coached. Um, and I can 100% see them coming out of the West. I think if it's them against Calgary in the Western Conference Final, that will be seven, you know, amazing games of just, you know, pure theater um, uh, in all honesty. But, you know, the Avs are deep. They're fast. They can probably outskate the Penguins, you know, for as fast as they are. Very mobile on defense. They forecheck very aggressively. They have a great goaltender. And that, I mean, this is going to be a very tough game for the Penguins to win. I know they're one of the best teams on the road this year, but um, Colorado is also one of the best teams at home. And they have, their, their crowd is incredible. You know, a funny story, you know, the, the, the Avalanche, you know, when I was getting into hockey, obviously I was rooting for the Penguins. Um, the Avalanche were one of the teams that I would follow a bit more than some others. Um, obviously, just because my favorite player growing up was Peter Forsberg. Um, everything he did, I marveled that. I remember when I played street hockey with my friends, um, I would always just want to imitate the Forsberg move, especially in shootouts, because he was, you know, he, he was one of a kind. I, I, I loved watching him so much. So I'm excited for these next two games. The schedule 
is not going to let up. That's for sure. The Penguins are going to have to continue to run the gauntlet, and we'll see if they can get their results on Saturday afternoon. So that'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this one. Um, I also will say I was able to check, you know, Apple, you know, uh, the podcast on chartable.com. Um, the Locked on Penguins podcast right now is the 49th most listened to podcast in the country for hockey podcast per Apple. The um, Of all the podcasts that are above the Locked on Penguins podcast, there are no other Penguin shows. So that just, that warms my heart. Thank, thank you all so much for continuing to listen to this show and support this show. We actually had a record number of listeners slash downloads in the month of March, over 20,000 of those. So I can't thank any, I can't thank everyone enough. I really appreciate it. And no, it's April now. It's the home stretch of the regular season. We're going to smash 20,000 for this month. And hopefully, just hopefully, Penguins are going to go on a very deep Stanley Cup run here. And we're going to smash more records. So that'll do it for this one. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the show. And I'll be back on Monday for five more episodes next week. I will talk to you all then. Have a wonderful weekend.